Matthew chapter 27, verse 57. Uh, the word of God says this. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. It's beautiful. So Christianity is not just for poverty-stricken people. Y'all ain't hearing me. But even those that have managed to gain a certain amount of wealth still needs to come to grips with who Jesus is. And the Bible says here that this man named Joseph from Arimathea became a disciple of Jesus. And going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate ordered that it be given to him. So his wealth and his prestige bought him some in route with Pilate. Amen. So Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and placed it in his own, placed it in his new tomb. It's very significant to understand that. It's a brand new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. What does that mean? It was cut out of the rock. It means it was dug out. It was like a cave. And so this is no ordinary tomb. This is a rich man's tomb. Amen, somebody. I've, as a pastor, get called oftentimes, not something I like, but people have funerals. And whenever I have the opportunity to meet with families, depending on the cost factor, you can bury a person extravagant, or if the ends don't meet, you make do with whatever is there. In this case, Jesus is getting the highest of highs of a burial. Amen. And so this is no ordinary tomb, and it's very important for you to understand that because it means that the people who this tomb was meant to bury would be rich people. And there is a thing as grave robbers. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, there's some people out there who would go in that grave and pull that ring off. <laughs> Tough crowd. Hallelujah. There's some people that will rob a grave. And being a rich man, you want to make sure that whatever grave you made would be sealed properly. That's why the Bible told you he was rich. And that's why the Bible told you the tomb was new. Because the locks has not been moved back and forth yet. So the first time it's sealed, it's the hardest seal. Y'all see what's going on here. So he begged for the body and he put Jesus in a new tomb that had been cut out from a rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. 
Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priest is Caiaphas. Y'all remember Caiaphas? He's still around. He got what he wanted. Jesus is dead. But he's still around. How many of you know it's not just Jesus, it's the claims that he makes that bothers people? Because 2,000 years later, they don't physically see him, but people still got a problem with him. How many of you know that Jesus and his word, the Bible says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and then the word became flesh, and then the flesh was crucified, and flesh was risen from the dead, and flesh has ascended into heaven, but the word, heaven and earth shall pass, but my word shall remain. What bothers people is Jesus, and what, what, what they don't understand is because his word and him is one, so as long as his word remains, he's still here. You know, people walk around, I wish Jesus would talk to me. Pop open the Bible. He'll speak to you every day. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you still love his word? So Jesus is dead, and the high priest still shows up. I'm going to show you why he's mad. He went to Pilate. Sir, they said. We remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said. Oh, so you got a problem with what he said. Oh, y'all seeing this today? He's still fighting the word. And he said, this is what he said. He said, after three days, I will rise again. Imagine Caiaphas knew all of this. And put Jesus to death. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. What are you saying, Caiaphas? Friday is bad, but Sunday we could have a bigger problem. He don't, this man is so prophetic and don't know it. Everything Caiaphas said in this Bible is true, and he wasn't saved. That's dangerous. He said, or else the worst deception will be greater than the, the, than the first. Take guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. People argue what that seal was. It was obviously some marking that indicated Rome has sealed this tomb. Don't break this seal. And it's not just a seal that they would put on it, but they would literally seal the outskirts of the tomb with whatever material so that it couldn't be opened back up. So this tomb is closed with a heavy stone by a rich man, and now we're sending troops. 
who's this man in this tomb? Come on, somebody. So they're putting troops now to guard it, and they're putting cement around it, and they got a big seal on it so that the world could see this tomb. And they're guarding this tomb. Hallelujah. Jump with me to Mark chapter 16, verse number 1. It says this. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the, they're on their way to the tomb. And verse 3 says, and then they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Who's going to do that? They're on their way to it. And first of all, they look, anyway, we're going to talk. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been, y'all ain't saying nothing to me, and they entered the tomb, and they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said, you're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has, he has, he has he is not here. See the place where they laid him. Today I want to talk to you on the subject of who will roll away the stone for us. Let us pray today. Father, I bless your name and I give you praise. God I feel your Holy Spirit in this house. And God, I just pray that you would transform every life that is in this room. We just didn't come here to be informed, but to be transformed. Well, there's nothing more frustrating than to be informed and not changed. Oh God, I ask that you would touch our hearts. I ask that you would change our minds and our perspective. Cause us to see from your point of view. Cause us to be changed forever. We ask that you would draw us closer to your cross today. We ask that your spirit would move among us. If there's any sick in body, we believe that you're able to heal. If there's any lost, we believe that you're able to set free and save. There's anybody hopeless today. You are the hope. And I just pray that you would move among us in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, Jesus specializes in doing amazing things. Life changes when Jesus shows up. And Jesus made this statement in the Bible. He said, and he was quoting from the Old Testament, the stone that the builders rejected the stone that the builders rejected has become 
the chief cornerstone. And as a kid, I heard that oftentimes. I said, what in the world are they talking about? What is a cornerstone? What is the builders rejecting of the stone? And what does that mean? And when I got older, I understood what it meant. It meant that there was a stone that builders who got ready to build say, that stone is not usable. We don't want that stone. It's a stone that has been rejected. I want you to know, but that's the God we serve. When men look at things that are unusable, that are no good, that are nothing, it is from the place of devastation that God usually steps in and says, I'm going to make something so powerful from what the world thought nothing could come out of it. And you know why I love that? Because no man could ever take credit for what God ever does. No man could ever say, it wasn't really God, it was I that did that. Uh, I don't know who I'm talking to today. But if you've ever been rejected or hurt or looked over or misused or abused, you are in a great place. Sometimes you, you, you buy into the lie of, I need so many things in order for my life to be great again. Listen to me. All you need to know is that there's a God who looks at rejected things and says, give me the broken things. I'll make something that the world has never seen. And nobody will ever be able to walk up and say, I did that for them. The only person you will ever be able to give credit to for what God has done is God himself. And the Bible says the stone that they rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Well, what does that mean? It means that when they built a building, the building was built and secure, sort of like we got these beams today that I've been trying to move out this building since I got here. They say you can't move them. Why? They're chief beams. If you move them, the building will collapse. Well, the cornerstone is the stone that holds the whole thing up. Oh, my gosh. God says, I don't only go into the rejected place and make something nice. I make it chief. I make it the, oh, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. When God turns a thing around in your life, who am I preaching to today? See, I didn't came to preach to convince you he's resurrected. I came to talk to folks who has already experienced resurrection inside you. They were, oh, y'all ain't hearing me today. Where are my people who have had rejected moments, broken moments, but today, hallelujah, it was from those moments that God gave you victory. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. God takes the areas that you hate the most, and he says, watch what I do with it. That's the God we know from Genesis 1. The Bible says in the beginning, the world was without form and void. And there was, in matter of fact, you get before that, in the beginning, God. And then out of nothingness, out of chaos, he pushes his hands into chaos and flings a world. Who is like our God? There is no God but Jehovah. Who am I talking to in this place today? That's why I'm not worried about anything I see in this world. Because at any moment he speaks and from the chaos could come revival. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah, from all this war-torn world that we've seen and pandemic-driven, God could raise up a different army. God still got troops. Y'all know that, right? There's a remnant who haven't bowed to Baal. There's a remnant who is unashamed of the... I feel like preaching in this house today. That's the God we serve. You see that from Genesis. The woman, she took the fruit. Women. Always could never pick what they want to eat for lunch, but always hungry. Come on, fellas, back me up. Don't leave me. My wife in here, I could talk. Driving on what you want for lunch. I don't know. You pick. I'm not picky, though. It's you. You better pick the right thing. Why'd you buy this? That's what she did in the garden. Adam said it was. It had to be lunchtime. They were fighting. It had to be. Adam said, "What you want for lunch?" I don't know. Maybe grapes. Oh no, I will be reaching here. But the Bible says that the same woman who probably could have felt like life was over, tossed out of the presence of the Lord, hiding in shame, feeling like nothing. God could have picked anywhere that redemption could come from. But he said this, the seed of the woman from the same rejected place, God brings miracles. God brings miracles. So what am I trying to tell you? You are never too far gone. For the hands of the Lord to come into your life and turn things around. I don't know who I'm talking to in here today. You are never too far gone for God to use your life. It's never ever too late for God to do something magnificent in your life. I don't care what this, but you don't know my side. don't care. I don't want to know your circumstance. I want to know your God. You go down the Bible, you see that. Moses, a murderer, becomes a deliverer. Joseph, beaten by his own brothers. His own brothers would have never in a million years think that that moment when they beat him and sold him was part of God's will. There are things that happens in your life you would never think God was behind. You would say, there's got to be the devil. Yes, the enemy might have meant it for evil, but God. God, God rules, hallelujah, you go through the Bible, they went to anoint somebody to be king and the father forgot him, I tell this story every time, if anybody ever comes to my house and say we're going to anoint the next president of the United States and it's going to be in your house, I'm coming back to Queens where I grew up and I'm bringing all the kids on the streets in the house, just in case my kids don't get in. <laughs> this man excluded one of his kids. The Bible says David was out in the field. But the prophet said, we can't sit because God ain't choose none of them. The things that you reject, God will wait for. 
And look at this. When all of those people were standing in the room because he had tried to anoint all of them. And when David walked in as dirty, smelly as he was from watching sheep all the day. You know what people do when kings walk into a room? They all stand up and they pay homage. As dirty as he was, it didn't stop the anointing that was on his life. They might not have want to willingly stand up, but God got a way of making. Those that don't want to respect you don't spend. I, I, can't, I don't understand people who spend their life worrying about haters. Stop going on the internet and talking about all the people who hate you. Successful people talk about plans, not people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could go through that whole Bible. Paul. Paul killed Christians. Paul is responsible today for doctrines that rocks philosophy 101. Philosophy 101 in colleges exist all across the world to fight Bishop Paul. Paul walked into, into Athens. Same philosophers that was all around and quoted from their scholars and said, look, I see y'all even got an unknown God. Let me tell y'all about the unknown God so that you could know him. But that man murdered Christians. That man suck out places of worship like this and put people to death. Don't tell me God isn't good. God can take the things that are rejected and change them. And Jesus comes along. And Jesus is placed into a tomb. And the Bible says that Caiaphas asked that you seal him up and put troops in front of it. And he's sealed with a big stone that no man can move by himself. And then early Sunday morning, first day of the week, the Bible calls it. These women got up and they decided that we didn't get to anoint his body properly for burial. Amen. What they were literally saying is that we didn't get to put all the spices and, and balm his body the way we would normally would because they were in such a religious week. And because they were in such a religious week, they were celebrating different days of rest and Sabbaths and all that stuff that fell in between at different times. When you historically study it, it's really hard to map the time zone. And so the Bible says that, th that they wanted to bury him so quick because they didn't want to break the religion. They're burying the king, but can't give him what is due to him because of religion. Religion is no longer good when it stops you from doing what's right for God. Any religion, y'all ain't hearing me in here. Who am I talking to in this place? And some of us have religion, but we don't have God. Too many people got religion. People know how to say hallelujah the right way. And religion changes depending on the church. Because what's good in Baptist is not good in Pentecostal. And what's good in Pentecostal don't work for... Episcopals and what's good for them don't work for and all of that but let me tell you that God ain't died for Baptist Pentecostals Episcopals and 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 all all the other colds he died for those who are covered by the blood of the lamb but you can find places where people know religion good they know how to say hallelujah you don't say just hallelujah you say hallelujah 
Your hallelujah ain't anointed yet. Come on, brother. You got to learn how to say it. And they know exactly where the bishop sits. And they know who walks in where and where to stand and all this. And I'm not against protocol, but I'm telling you this. Some people know formality more than they know Jesus. Knowing formalities and knowing church and knowing religion don't mean you know Jesus. You could be working for church, but God fired you from kingdom. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? When you know Jesus, it don't show in your protocol alone. It shows in the way you live and love others. And here's what's interesting. Caiaphas, who knows religion, is trying to seal the stone. The women who know Jesus is trying to figure out how can we get past the stone. Oh, gosh. And, and, and here's the crazy thing. All the disciples on Friday night, they saw him dead. Peter gone. Back fishing. We don't know where the rest of the disciples are. They're missing. But the Bible says there were some women that Jesus impacted their lives. Oh, there used to be, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. There were some women. There was, there was women who were caught in the act. What's always interesting about that story is that you can't catch one person in the act. It takes, in 2022, it takes, a, it, it, <laughs> Father, help me. But they never brought the man. And I, I got the nerve to believe that that man showed up in that crowd in the back to make sure she did. <laughs> yeah, some people are better at covering up their sins rather than confessing it. And the Bible says that they were going to stone her. And they brought her to him to trap him, dropped him and said, she was caught in the act according to the law. What must we, what must we do? And the Bible said he said nothing. You don't owe anybody an answer. He just dropped down to the ground. And the same hand that once touched the ground, touched it again. And he wrote, and he wrote, John on Wednesday was at Sarah. No, he didn't write that. <laughs> Whatever he wrote, they one by one dropped the rocks. And the Bible says, we are your accusers, woman. He said, he that is without sin cast the first stone. Do you know he that is without sin was only him? But he didn't cast any stone. Because he didn't came to throw stones. He came to... And Christians got to stop throwing stones. We're called to roll stones from people's lives. We're called to pull men and women out of the grave. What am I talking? I, I don't got the, this ain't the church, man. This ain't the church yet. Oh. And the Bible says that these women, women who came in and washed his feet. You ain't seen no man washing Jesus' feet with their hair. You ain't seen men doing nothing special for Jesus. 
But the women throughout his ministry are showing up and doing stuff. And let me tell you something. When Jesus touches your heart, it stays with you forever. I just want to know if I got one or two sisters in this house. I only got two. See, the problem is y'all looking around to see who's going to stand up. If your praise is predicated on somebody else, Jesus ain't touch you. I'm going to ask again, who in here has Jesus touched? And don't you ever let anybody else stop your praise, ladies. Don't you ever let society make you think you got to be all these so-called whatever they would claim an independent woman. You are different. You're a woman of God who's been touched by the blood of the Lamb. You're different. You may be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that these women were there. Here's my first thing. I didn't see no disciples talking about going to this stone. Here's my first point. When things are unstable, can you remain faithful? Peter gone back fishing. Everybody gone chaotic. Let me tell you, things got unstable. We always preach about Friday night because we have hindsight. He's dead. But for them, he's dead. They didn't have a Bible. They just got hope of his word that he said he might come back to life. They don't know. He's dead. All of their hopes, all of their dreams are gone. And when everything is broken in your life and everything is chaotic... That's the time that we see what you're really made of. It is not when things are going great. When things are going great, people are happy. When people got money and, and life is good and health good, they move different. They walk in and tell you, oh, you just need to pray more. <laughs> they know how to tell you to get a miracle. When people got everything, let me tell you, let me tell you what, what it is, is that, you know, see, and then they, when you leave, they see, they just don't get it. When problem hit them, and you meet them later on, this is their attitude. I don't really want to hear all that. You see, this is real life, bro. Y'all always talking all that. This is real life. When it hits you, it's real life. But when you're good, it's not real life. And my question to you is, when it gets rocky, do you bail out or do you stay? The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Not just in your Christianity. Let me tell you this. If you can stay serving God in the toughest moments of time and say my Redeemer still lives. If you can say like the three Hebrew boys. Even if you throw me in the fiery furnace and God we believe is able. But if he chooses not to, we still won't bow. If you could be like Daniel in the lion's den and say I still won't stop praying. Even if you throw me in the lion's den. If you could do what these men of God did in the unstable ways and remain faithful. You will do that in every area. Of your life people who are usually unst when unstableness hits don't remain faithful you see it in other areas oh yeah they go back to school and when school gets too hard <laughs> I'm gonna try to do something else 
when it gets rough, keep going. Hallelujah. Pray for a child. Oh, God bless me with a child. I'm going to name him after me. You're Richard Jr. Richard Jr. is a gangster. Richard Jr. is walking the blocks with a semi-automatic like Prodigy's partner. The boy caused havoc. And it's unstable. Now you don't want a father no more. Or like they said in the play the other night when Shanna said, the baby cried too much and my husband started walking out. The marriage is going to get rocky. It's going to get boring. Yeah, you're going to come home and be like, I've been with you for a long time. Like we do nothing. I can tell your next move. I want to feel happy again. No, you want to go back, bro. You want to go back, sis, when it gets unstable. Can you remember people whose life? You're going to have to learn it. If, if you've messed up in the past, that lesson is coming again. It's not that I've messed up. God comes into rejected place. He's going to make it good again. He's going to bring the lesson again. It's only the New York City public school passes you when you fail. And I don't care how many teachers in here going to try to act different. They know what's up. And they, these are OGs right here. Teaching for years in that system. They already know. So all you newbies, shh. You don't know. We know. My point is, you're going to have to learn the same lesson. If you start a project, finish it. You know I had to do that with my life. Whenever, there's a song that Sister Tanisha and Sister Sky always come to me and say, Pastor, I love all your music. I'm getting death threats while I preach. Every time I say I got a new song out, she said, I don't care. It's not that song. And I've got tons of songs, tons of music. The problem that I notice in my life is that I start things running and then stop. I noticed that about everything in my life. And I made up my mind to improve that and improve a lot of things in my life. I noticed that when I wash dishes. I noticed I'd start three and be like, dang, there's a lot of dishes, man. Somebody else get the rest. Y'all going to leave me on this island alone. I'll stay on this. I don't care. I'll go air up the tire and all four, I'll, I'll air up the tire. And I hate that they got the air indicator now on the dashboard. When they didn't have that, you could be like, it looked good. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. So you go air up the tire, the one that looked flat. You don't even know. It's like 90 pounds in there. That look good. Joint hard. You don't know if it's going to bust you like it's good. You go sit down in the car, air light's still on. You're like, oh, man. You air up a second one. 
You go back to life. Them other two going to be all right. <laughs> Never finishing the task. I'm the type of dude who pump gas and it take mad long. I'd be like, man, $15 could get me where I'm going. <laughs> Am I the only one? Come on, man. You put a $5 gas in there. You blame. You'd be like, it's the president's fault anyway. Inflation. No, you just lazy. You just lazy. Finish the task. And I noticed that that happens in every area in my life when it comes to music. I got a book half written from a long time ago. I got to rewrite it. It's so old. I got stuff that's even with working on this, I'm telling y'all my life, even with working on this concert, I came to two rehearsals. I'm like, man, that sounds good enough. <laughs> I started putting in the theatrics. I'm like, they won't know. <laughs> Finish it. Our master said, it is. Finish it. So I started washing dishes. And I even washed the little spoons that are left over. I even cleaned the dirt out the sink. And I put soap around it and washed it. You got some nerve to be clapping up here. You got some nerve. See, Sevy, you honest, brother. Sevy said, I'm not going to lift my... You clapping for me. You ain't clapping. He's like, good job, Dad. One day I want to be like you. Not today, though. And I noticed that that's the same thing that's happening in every area of my life. I'm going back to loose ends and I'm saying, tie them up. And I'm seeing that when, I, when I'm faithful, when I'm faithful, success is coming. I started on my exercise trip. I stopped telling people about all that because people like, when you were big, bro, we ain't heard a word about health from you. So I feel it's kind of hypocritical to tell anybody anything now. So, no, I'm not. I'm not. It really is hypocritical. But, you know, I, 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 I'm usually the guy who run a couple days. And when, when you go do a checkup and the doctor say everything good, I'm like, oh, to me, that's permission to go bad. When the doctor said, yo, all your levels are good. Oh, we going to Popeye's, bro. We got to celebrate. We good. You got low cholesterol. What you going to do? Get cholesterol. We got to up it. Your salt intake good. What we about to do? Buy mad curry with enough salt. A whole roti. I said, nah, finish it. Somebody asked me, the, who was it? I think Brother Ian said, he said, the concert going to be good, Pastor. I see you're training for the concert. I said, Brother Ian, I'm training for life. Because I don't want this to be just for an event. I want this to be for life. I want every, I want to tie up loose ends. I don't, this ain't even what I wanted to preach today. But let me tell you something. It's going to get unstable in your life. And it got unstable and rough for the disciples. And they all went back to whatever they knew how to do. But you found some ladies who got up on that first day and said, let's buy some spices. And they were so occupied with being faithful to serving him. All they knew was to serve him. When he was alive, they served him. When he was dead, they wanted to serve him. So that they didn't even think. The Bible says while on the way, then it dawned on them. 
something blocking us from getting to him. Who will roll away the stone? Sometimes there's some areas in your life of blockage. But I like these ladies' attitudes. They figured that we don't have to worry about that. Let's still go. Look at this, y'all. They begun to realize they were faithful but inadequate. Now read the other part. Inadequate but faithful. Most people go, and as they go, they realize they're inadequate, and they turn back. Some people realize I'm inadequate, but I'm faithful anyway. And what happens is, those that remain faithful. See, sometimes, let me tell you something. You would look, in life, you are going to, to, to look at the things you can't do. But hear me. Listen to this. Write this down. Anything you focus on will be magnified. That's what the word focus does. It brings into focus the thing you're viewing. It makes it bigger. It makes it more. And so whatever you focus on is all you will see. So if all you focus on is your inadequacy, then that's all you'll see. But I like these ladies. They never once ever stopped. They kept going. They kept going. See, you can be inadequate and still faithful. And the Lord will do what you can't. I'm not here to tell you that you can do anything, believe you can fly. You cannot fly. If you try, you will die. Y'all got that? Good. But if you remain faithful, God will do something in your life. Listen to this, y'all. And when they got there, God goes beyond our expectations. He does. God goes beyond. They're worried about the stone. But the Bible says, and when they looked up, what was bothering them, God already moved. I don't know who I'm talking to today. There might be something in your life that is a blockage that you just can't. It might be a child. It might be a man. It might be something. This day reminds us that the God who has all power and authority can move anything that is blocking your life. And when they got there, they were looking at their inadequacy. Who's going to move the stone but faithfulness? Causes God to go beyond. Imagine if they turned around. Imagine if you quit. Imagine if you give up on God. You might miss the miracle. You might miss. The, oh my God. You might miss the whole point of this. Don't quit. And they kept going. And when they got there, the Bible says the stone was rolled away. God goes beyond expectations. Oh no, you don't get it. He goes beyond what the things you know and the things you didn't even know. You say, what you talking about? They were only going to expect a stone blocking. They didn't even know there were troops there. 
They didn't even know that the stone had a seal around it. They didn't even know all of this was happening and the Roman guards were set up there. And when they got there, even the things they didn't even know they were rescued from, God rescued them from. Who am I talking to? Let me, let me put it this way. The things you've been rescued from that you're thanking for, you have no idea how many other things were lined up behind it. That if you showed up with them spices, them guards were ready to kill you, arrest you, tell you to get out of here because you are not Roman. You don't concern us. We're God in here. They showed up to an empty tomb, but they didn't know what God did. You have no idea how many times you drive on the highway you didn't crash. You thought you just was such a good driver. It was the goodness of God. Every time that one car that came out of nowhere, it could have hit you. It was God. And you thank, listen, you thank God when you dodged that one car. There were 50 other cars you didn't see that God kept. There are people falling asleep at the wheel all the time. There's always construction on the van. Nothing ever falls on us. God keeps his people. You know how many things you didn't see that God is, oh my God. Oh God. Oh, I still got my mind, God. I still got, oh, y'all ain't hearing me. He's a keeper and I'm going to complain about the one thing I don't see. I can stop a complaint. Who's going to roll away the stone? Why are we bringing spices? Why are we serve them so much? There's a big stone there. They said, no, we know the miracles. If he did it before, he can do it again. And they kept going. And they kept going. They saw a stone roll away. They had no idea all the other stuff God did. Ask your neighbor, do you know what God really did for you? Let me, let me, let me help you all American Christians. I know Christianity to you is living your secular dream. Oh God, we come and testify. Listen, God gave me three degrees. How many of those degrees is working for the kingdom? Well, pastor, don't, it, it, sometimes you got to have a balance. I understand. But the believer who's faithful looks at everything and says, it's got to be used for you somewhere. What's the point of getting a big platform if God is never glorified on it? Your platform means... Look at what these corporations that we boo-hoo dribble over. I wish I could work for one of them. Look at what they do now. They tell you your God is irrelevant. They tell you that there is no... I'm going to lose half the church. But God won't lose the kingdom. So I'm going to preach it anyway. Now. <laughs> these schools, these teachers, they tell you, they tell you, they tell you what you can and can't say. They got a law. They fighting to teach your kids all types of stuff now in school. Nobody ever stood up when they, had a, when they say you can't say Jesus in school. That bill been passed. And these are corporations that do this. And they come now and they, 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 they play on our emotions to what's sacred to us. So that if we speak against it, we feel like we're speaking against ourselves. But we ain't blind to your devices. We're not ignorant. Because you are destroying the very fabric of what makes society society. You're ripping families apart. Nobody ain't going to say nothing with me. I am not affiliated to none of them. I'm affiliated to kingdom. 
Let me tell you something. This happens all the time in society. Happens all the time. And people, you, you have no idea how much God is doing in our lives. And American Christianity has taught you, let me come back to my point, that it's all about you being successful in an American culture equals blessings. So people who have giftings for God would never use it for God. Musicians who can sing, grew up in the church, would never sing for God. But would sing and got all the girls them in the front. I don't mean to distract y'all. I should have been a comedian, but don't, don't think you could run up on stage. What? What? I'm on fire today, huh? Still Rich going to be a movie. Let me tell y'all something. They got a talent, and they would never sing for God. But then they would go ask God to bless the stuff they're doing. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. There are people who can do many things, gifted in arts, gifted in business, gifted in so many things, and would ask God to bless them out there, but never once come into a church building to say, I'm going to use my energies here. I'm not saying don't use your energies out there, but don't let a world that is anti your God get all your energy. Some people say, well, well, you know, Pastor, I, what, what I usually do is I'm going to tithe what I make. And then when tithe time come around, Pastor said, we got Bible. I'm like, mm, I need a couple more years. <laughs> Don't fool yourself. If God wants us to get the building tomorrow, you, me, no devil in hell is going to stop it. When he's ready, we're going to get the building. I'm well aware of that. God will make somebody walk off the street and write a check. I've seen it happen with other people before. I've seen with my own eyes sitting in a building while people are trying to raise funds, people walk off the street and said, the Lord told me to stop my car and write you this check. Let me tell you, I know the God I serve. I'm trying to tell you how dare you say in American Christianity that success for God is how he blessed me in this system. These women were rejected, but faithful. They served one thing, the master that is locked up, and they're going. And God went beyond what they expected, and they didn't even know it. They didn't even know it. Their concern was the stone, but God moved the soldiers and the seal. And your concern, whatever it is today, I came to, came to tell you, God is not going to only move that. He's going to move what you didn't even expect. Others, who am I talking to today? Who am I talking to today? He's going to move it. He's going to move it. He's going to move it. That's the God we serve. Hallelujah. Now listen, I'm almost done. It's Easter anyway. Listen to this, y'all. 
this stone that was put there was put there by this rich man to rob, to stop grave robbers. This is a big, big, heavy stone. Scholars argue about how heavy it is. Robbers go in, and we call them grave robbers, but they go in to rob the dead. And they take whatever possessions might be placed in there of value. If it's a rich person buried with rich material, they'll steal that. If he's buried with gold or if they're superstitious and put something in there special to him, they're going to steal that. But in this case, we got another grave robber. But he didn't go in to rob the dead. He went in to actually rob the grave. Because no matter how many times grave robbers rob the grave, the grave still got what it's supposed to get. Dead bodies. They never robbed the grave. But can I tell you what happened 2,000 years ago on this day? There was another grave robber that showed up. He said, I ain't going in there for jewelry or nothing. He came, lightning flashing, thunder rolling, soldiers dipping, people bouncing, Everything going crazy. The Bible says the angel of the Lord came. Stone was rolled away. And God stuck up the grave. The grave said, what you want? Jewelry? He don't got none. What you want? Let me see what he got. You, you, you want gold chains? You want special artifacts? This man's buried with nothing. Uh, 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 all he got is wounded for, for transgressions. And he was, he's got a bruise for iniquity. He was pierced and punctured in his side and 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 what what do you want from him i don't want nothing from him i came to get him what do you mean he's dead i'm the grave nobody ever takes death from me tonight hallelujah it's gonna happen a dead man is coming back to life what do you mean i am man's final enemy and god robbed the grave God robbed the grave, robbed him. When he left grave, grave looked around and said, I no longer have strongholds. That's what y'all don't understand what I'm telling you, you. You mean people can actually get up again? And, he, and, and, and the truth is the grave felt a little bit of that. Because the Bible says when he died, dead man was walking out already. The thing was so powerful that it couldn't wait for the resurrection. It, the, the people started saying, oh, it's time already. Started living again. Let me tell you, this day is no ordinary day. This is, this is defying everything. And the Bible says that the grave was robbed. Apostle Paul comes on the scene and says, death. Where's your sting? What are you saying to me, Pastor Rich? I'm saying I often think of my father. And I think that he was three years older than me when he died. 
and I start to realize how young he was. I was younger than my son when he died. I think of my aunt who had cancer, who was faithful. She reminds me of one of these ladies serving the Lord, but still with cancer. I went to pray with her. She was one of my only aunts who came to this church to hear me preach. The rest of them, if you're watching. <laughs> and she would sit in the back and she would come in the office and she would say, Guyanese know what this means. If you don't, don't worry about it. Here's a small piece. <laughs> and I would say, thank you, auntie. <laughs> and she had cancer, and I would go pray with her. Faithful. But there's a stone. And she died. I could tell you countless people in this church that were faithful. I remember Sister Kite. Raised me as a church mother. She made the best white pudding today. This is Caribbean things. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Would go to her house. I watched this woman go on dialysis. I watched her turn literally to where life was gone. But if she could have spoken, she would have said something about the Lord faithful and I got to believe that they were asking these questions God I'm faithful but who will roll the stone away we got a stone roller that while you are faithful he's working and what this day promises is not the absence of problems on planet earth. But it promises you that the grave has been robbed. We all have to go that way. But one day, what this day is claiming is that I'm going to see my father again. I'm bringing it to you. This day claims that those same people are rejoicing in heaven right now. One man died, and while dying, a famous evangelist said these words to his children. He said, don't weep for me and mourn for me, and don't you say I'm dead, because in that day of my death, I will be more alive than I ever have been. Jesus was more alive after the grave than when he was alive. you to know today that's the God we serve he take what's a blockage and he turns it around and the same the, 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 all of the great miracles he did climaxed with a stone being rolled away a stone that was a blockage when they saw it open and for years I thought to my I'm done I promise y'all are done I know y'all are ready to go listen for years I wondered, I read other parts when he was alive, that they were all gathered in a room and he didn't come through the door. He just came in the room. So I'm wondering, because the Bible don't tell us, did Jesus walk through that stone? 
You see, when I read it as a kid, I thought Jesus was on the inside, and he rolled the stone away. Then I read, no, that never happened. I said, well, what, what? So he could have left before. So then what's the point of the stone being rolled away? The stone was never rolled away so that he could get out. Read what the Bible says after they saw the stone rolled away. They entered in. It was never rolled away so that they could get out. It was rolled away to become an entrance so they could get in. So they could... Man, y'all. And he rolled it away. And what was a blockage became an entrance. And I came to tell you today, that is the God that we serve. That whatever is a blockage in your life, he is able to roll the stone. So whatever is happening in your life today, depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, there's a God who can roll the stone away. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to worry about if he, if he can. He can go beyond your expectation. But I can't believe there's still people like Caiaphas after he's rising from the dead still trying to fight him. Not everybody in this room is gone. Going to see the stone as an entrance. Not everybody's going to let the message of the cross take root. I know that. But to those who let it take root, God promises life everlasting. If you have a loved one, God promised life everlasting. Everybody, well, I wonder, I wonder if my loved one get in. You better worry about if you get in. Come, Savannah. Yeah. Looking all Eastery. You had every color CC described. I'm gonna race you to the drums. Right? We ain't gonna run because I know you don't run. I want you to drop out there. Okay? By that tape. Yeah. Let's go. Go. Who's winning? Who's winning? Who won? Who won? Who won? Who won? I'm in the same place she is. Same way Steve said LeBron's the same place the Knicks is. The goal is not to see who can run fastest or go longer. The goal is to make it to the drums. Don't worry about who got in. Yeah, Pastor, that was deep, really just all religion. The stone was rolled away. That's his claim. It's either it's true or not. And it's either you're going to let that message revolutionize your life or you're going to stay stuck in sin. God died to redeem you from sin. Let me say it clear, not mistakes, not errors, not 
traumas, sin. You know the thing the therapists don't say? Sin. That's what he died for. And if you repent of it, you'll have life everlasting. He turns graves into gardens. If you're in this building, on this Resurrection Sunday, would you stand and just raise your hands to heaven? Just give him some praise right now. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus.